Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Agile Podcast, uh, two in the new world of our new series. And we are in the Brewdog Bar, just on the river in Bristol. Yeah. And today we this, we stumbled upon the topic of um, basically sadness, and um, because. Well, it's still January, even though this is coming out in February. Uh, it's a depressing month, and I, we also had a pint of SAD, um, Seasonal Effectiveness Disorder. We talked about how that's affected teams, how, and then we got onto the whole discussion of hybrid teams working from home, whether that's going to be a, a, a trend that we regret later on. Uh, and I cited uh, an article by a lady called Camilla Cavendish, whose article in the FT was called, Is it time to admit that hybrid isn't working, or something like that? Uh, might be worth a read. And then we started talking about risk-taking, risk reduction, risk repairing, um, customer experiences. So cheers to all of you listeners. We hope you enjoy the episode. And we will be up for a Discord session in two days' time on Friday the 18th. Cheers. Cheers. Battery, yeah, it'd be fine. That works. Hey, feel very short. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Ooh, Have we got the same thing. Yeah, it's very see-through, isn't it? Anemic-looking beer. But it's, 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 is that the marshmallow one? Or is Apparently, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a faint. Subtle taste of marshmallow. I quite like that. It's kind like, of fruity. It's got a bit of fruit in it and a bit of something else. So it's called Sad AF. So we're in the Brewdog Bar in Bristol. Yes. Which does its own beers and quite a good selection of alcohol for it. It's still, even though this is coming out in February, this is still the end of January and Paul's doing dry January. So we're still. Uh, still being good. We're still AF. Which for me means something else, but in this context means alcohol-free. And this is a collaboration with um, a project. I think it's I Am Whole is the project, but it's about rem- raising mental awareness, raising awareness of mental health in, I think, in particular young men. Okay. Uh, so sad AF. You can talk about your feelings about being sad. And in January, I think that's more applicable than ever. It's the, it's the not the necessarily the literally the darkest month, is it? But I think it's the January blues. We did have Blue Monday, didn't we? A couple did of have Blue Monday, yeah. It's the most depressing day of the year. Yeah. Um, I think it's a hard time of year for a lot of people. So is. this is a. It's got a hint of sweetness with a marshmallow kick to it. I quite like that. Nice. But yeah, because cheers, cheers, mate. And to so anybody who is feeling sad, AF. Cheers. Cheers to you as well. Yeah. Find someone and talk about it. The sad also is there stands for. That's true. That's part of it. Is it? Yeah. Seasonal effectiveness disorder effectiveness. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that your mood changes with the seasons. And my wife suffers with that. 
So yeah, she's, she's generally quite, uh, yeah, she's, she's having a bad month, the moment my wife is. It's a very appropriate acronym. Yes. 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 She once bought a light. I, uh, remember, I, can, I can remember that moment in BT when you told me that. Really? Yeah. She bought a sad light. Yeah. Still in the garage. It's the first I'd ever heard of it. Yeah. It she's generally it. just put it on, and she doesn't use it anymore, but. The idea is just to increase the amount of light that you'll get because it's so dark in the morning at the moment. It's so dark. That must be 18 years ago. Probably is, mate, yeah. 2004, I reckon that was. Probably is. When you told me that. Yeah. And she's still suffering now. Yeah. So it is a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. So there's no... I was about to say, maybe that's something we 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 should talk more about. I don't know whether feel qualified to do that no but me neither it does it does have a um, it has a bearing I, I can talk about it myself it has a bearing on my energy levels yeah um, massively um, just knowing that not wanting to get out of bed uh, because it's just so dark in the mornings and it seems to be dark until nine o'clock like when you leave the house nine o'clock in the morning go came out today it just feels just feel more tired I think yeah, well, I take vitamin D supplements. Do you? Yeah, because that, that helps. you don't get as much vitamin D in the winter, right? Yeah, yeah. and vitamin D is a big part of happiness, feeling yeah. good. You're looking better. You feel, but you feel better with yourself. Uh, I lost, You've a, lost a bit, bit of weight. weight. I've been doing a lot of exercise. Does that make you feel better? Eating healthier. Honestly, no. Really? No, I've been disappointed. Actually, maybe I set my expectations too high because everybody that that I know who exercises a lot. And, eats healthily and you know says you have so much more energy and I don't feel I have much more energy I still want to have my afternoon naps still yeah. feel tired in the afternoon so no I feel a bit disappointed but I know it's good so there's nothing I'm, I'm in a better place whether I feel it or not my body is in a better place one day my body will thank me yes for what I'm doing maybe not I'm right sure. now but later yes uh, my doctor says I just need to keep going longer and I'll feel the benefits eventually who knows I think it's I think it's the time of year yeah. But the best, so I do the the hour of the day that I feel best is the hour after I've exercised. Is it? Yeah. That is when I feel my best. Yeah. So um, I will continue it. I've got myself into a bit of a routine now, which I've mentioned before. But last, so I was away in Cardiff last two two nights. But I still was good. I still took my running gear with me. Yeah. And I went out on a cold Monday night. But it was it was new because it was it wasn't new, but it was a different route. So I ran along um, through Butte Park, as you all know. I do along the Taff, the mm-hmm. river, up to Talibont, where I used to live. Yeah, so I went from the Cardiff Castle to Talibont, yeah. across the across the bridge, and ran back down the other side past Blackweir um, football pitches, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you ever played on those, but yeah, it's obviously it was obviously pitch black, but. Um, it was nice to run somewhere different. Got a bit lost, I'll be honest Did with you. you. Came back to the castle and you can't actually get out. Oh. You have to come back further up and go um, kind of towards the civic centre. But yeah, it's... It's not much lost, but stuck. Yeah. So just kept yeah, running in a bit you of a circle. Yeah. Luckily, luckily I had my phone. Yeah, but thank goodness. Yeah. I wonder whether... Well, it'll be interesting when this goes out, because when this goes out, January will have finished. Yes. And so we won't be in blue January anymore, or whatever it's called. I wonder whether teams will have found ways 
to keep Kittle Cure, to keep themselves going, their teammates going, or whether they will have realised actually they should have checked in more on their teammates. Yeah. Um, because even though restrictions here end tomorrow, yes. working from home is no longer recommended. I thought that had changed already. Am I, am I wrong? Well, got... no, they made the announcement last week that oh, it okay. will change, yeah. which I found weird. So giving people a week's notice that in a week's time restrictions... Maybe it's giving people hope. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but no, I think time, a lot more people suffering on their own. Yes. In a tough time. Yeah. Whereas I can remember January's past in the office being able to jolly people along yeah. and just yeah. feeling that sense of going to the pub or going for lunch or going for coffee or just having a bit of a chat harder yeah. to do I think especially in January you need that we do like it a lot we get energy from other human beings don't we so mm. that will give us give us an incentive uh, you know if you, if you know you're going to go meet someone like today we came in and we met um, in Bristol and it was in a, it was a, I had a tough last couple of days but you got me out of bed in the morning it gives you a bit of, a bit of purpose mm. so I think if you're working from home, it's, I find it quite hard just to get a little bit lethargic and, yeah, makes it a bit less energy, less get up and go. Well, I, so I read an article recently in the Financial Times. Just drop that one in there. Clang. Yeah. Little intelligent old me. <laughs> uh, and I can't remember the name of the person, but they were... Either they were in government or some relatively senior person or something wrote about how they think 2023, so next year, yeah. will be the year of employer remorse. Okay. So their argument is that studies are showing now that after the initial sort of honeymoon period mm-hmm. where working from home was just as if not more effective yeah. than working in the office uh, it's now gone the other way okay. and it's less effective oh, really? less productive more frustrating companies feel like they are hamstrung they, they don't really you know, the power is all in the employee yeah. now and the, so, this but... year is the year of employees empowerment yes. yeah. um, and it's sort of trendy and popular to say hybrid, hybrid, work from home, work from home. But that next year, they will companies that go that way will regret it. This is her prediction. Okay. She's citing studies of um, lower productivity, lower engagement, lower morale, increased feeling of isolation. Yeah. And that um, once you've started down that road, it's very, very hard to rein it back in. To bring people back in, yeah. Um. I think it's there. There could well be problems down the line. So what? Because I know one company in Bristol. I won't name them, but I know that they're looking to recruit quite heavily. But they're having massive problems at the moment because employees, the developers, want that flexibility. They don't want. They're, they're insisting that they come into the office. Yep. Because they want to be an office-based company, mm-hmm. and obviously at the moment it's restrictions or guidance based on that, but. They want them recruiting with the um, with the ob- objective that when you're here, you'll be in the office. Yeah. Primarily, you'll be in the office. 
and they just can't get the um, the interest. Yeah. Because developers or team members don't want they want flexibility. Because, and and the options are there. Oh. The ball is in their court, as it were. Yeah, the balance yeah, of power yeah. is there. Exactly. So you um, think that might change next year? Well, I, this, so this individual, I'll have to dig out the name of, and, and put it in the, in the notes. notes. Yeah. Um, and we record the introductions afterwards, so hopefully you'll have, we'll, have, we'll have put this in the introduction and you, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, the Yeah, she's predicting that that will happen. Okay. In terms of working from home and this hybrid approach, I, I know companies that have gone fully remote and said, we, are, we just don't have a base anymore, we're not going to do that, we're going to hire the best talent wherever they are, fine. Um, my, for what it's worth, my personal opinion is working from home is brilliant if you're doing stuff that requires individual focus. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not very good if you're part of a team. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. I think if, if I was working with somebody I didn't, and I, I needed other people, their input to get stuff done, I'd find it incredibly frustrating yeah. to be working asynchronously. Uh, and I wouldn't be as effective. Yeah. So for scrum teams, for example, I, I would still firmly sit in the camp of I would want people on, in the same time zone, yeah. in the same place. I think there's a, if I was predicting, I think there's a, a chance that home, kind of the home working virtual nature of where we are now could have a detrimental effect on some scrum teams that I've seen. Just, just chatting in a course I was doing this week with one, um, one attendee who was struggling, was mainly, I get the impression, only really talking to one person in, in their team. They were a product owner, only really talking through to a scrum master because it was easier. Yep. It's easier to talk to one person online than it is to talk to just just to synchronise. Yeah. You can't you can't walk walk up to a group of people and just ask them to come and grab you and, 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 and sit in a room with you. Yeah. You have to. It's a lot more formalised to try and get everyone on time to try and get everyone to turn up. So I wonder that some scrum teams are going to find that hard and, and also that. I think we for, will have forgotten how to interact socially. I, st- I mean, I, I don't buy that. I'm I sorry, do. I'm, no, happy, I do. I'm happy for you to have different view, points of view on this one, but I, I don't buy it. You're not the only person that said that to me. Because, well, so I met some people yesterday um, for an in-person course on Monday, two days ago, and I'm still unsure as to how to greet people. Still unsure. Okay. But that's probably me, right? My insecurity and my um, so you haven't forgotten. Guessing. I haven't forgotten, but I'm... That's what you said to begin with. People have forgotten how to socially interact. And then you tempered it to... They're not sure how to. They are questioning themselves. Yeah? I'm questioning myself. Yeah, so what are the accepted norms? Okay. Well, we don't know. But you haven't forgotten. If somebody said the accepted norm is to shake hands again, or it's to fist bump, or it's to nod or salute, you know how to do all of those I fist bumped and I felt a bit weird about it. Um, and then some people then didn't extend their hand at all. Should I have extended my hand first? Yeah. It's just it's social awkwardness. And I think... And what did you do after that social awkwardness? I didn't... Well, I didn't do it. I, I didn't offer my hand again to anyone else. Because I've seen you do that in the same room as me. Yeah. And what I saw you do was make a joke of it. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I, I did do that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And that is social interaction that is suppose, using yeah. that as an opportunity 
to make conversation, to break the ice. That, that's what you do. Yeah. Whatever it is, it, whether it's the weather, whether it's finding a seat, whether it's coat hooks, whether it's yeah. ooh, the toilet, there's some way of breaking the ice. That is social interaction. And that yeah. is, you haven't forgotten how to do that. You're just using a different cue. Mm. Um, I, so, know that, I know that some companies have, have um, well, one company that I work with has got lanyards. Yeah. So when you walk into the office, you can pick up a lanyard based on how your levels of comfort with okay. social interaction. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to ask, you don't have to, whether you're at the hugging stage, yep. whether you're at the fist bump stage, or whether the two meter stage. Yeah. So, in Scotland, they're introducing these badges, aren't they? Are they? I saw on the news today with the, with the, basically you wear a badge because you want them to give you more space. I see. So okay. because masks aren't mandatory anymore. Yeah. It's fine, I don't have to wear a mask, but I'm still giving you a visual indicator that yes. I don't want you too close to me. So I think that's fine. And you know, we've always made big, it's basically information radiators, isn't it? That's what we need, just information radiators. Um, maybe we'll just have lots of different badges, like scouts on our arms. Of, yes. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have a, fit, a symbol for fist bumps. Yes. Fin, symbol for shaking hands. Yeah. And I'm a hugger. Well, I think I was, well, certainly for me, this, in this course this week, I was a lot more diligent, I suppose, about setup. So I can imagine the similar things for meetings, workshops, planning sessions for Scrum teams is that I'd like to think that Scrum Masters would be a lot more respectful and explicit maybe about where we are, what we're going to do. Um, I was even found myself saying um, prelude to exercises that I was doing. This next part might involve some social kind of yeah. movement in the room. You might well be standing a bit closer to people. You might well be exchanging cards yeah and I found myself doing that which I probably would never have done before no well you say that but I remember actually was it with you I think we talked about it because there was an exercise that we used to play a while ago the human knot <laughs> do you remember that we did it once or twice a long yeah. time ago so for those of you that aren't familiar you can find this on tasty cupcakes I'm sure but basically you've got a group of people together you join hands in a random manner so yes. everybody is holding hands with two other people uh, but you're basically in a big knot yeah. And one person's job is to, by instructing everybody Telling people what to and do, those yeah. people following the instructions, to untangle that knot. And everybody who's being told what to do must follow the instructions. And the idea being that it's a very complex scenario and one person standing from outside, very difficult to solve the problem. But if you just say to the group, right, untangle yourselves, they will self-organize their way out of the problem. Um, and so we did this and it was really good. Came from an uh, American trainer, uh, I think. And it worked really well. But in some cultures, holding hands with other adults is not very acceptable. Yeah. So we would then tailor that exercise with small ropes. So I would hold one end you of a did. rope. You were right. And you, somebody else would hold another hand of a rope. And so you wouldn't actually hold hands, but you would still have that chain. So it's a similar kind of concept with, with personal comfort levels. It's just the same. So you'd have that cultural conversation. And these working agreements, these norms, we're just adding an extra thing to our, our norms. Am I comfortable standing up and talking in front of people, or would I rather write on a post-it note? We had that kind of conversation in Teams for ages. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does need to be covered. I think it's just reminded me of it. That was all this week. And it's probably also the fact that I haven't done it in person for such a long time. So, so yeah, I think... Um, Maybe we haven't forgotten. We just... It just hasn't been talked about for a while. Well, we discussed this in our Discord conversation, didn't we, with, with Ashley? Yeah. Um, 
So for those of you who don't know, Ashley, Ashley's one of our um, legend patrons. In our Discord session last last time, he was saying at the university that he's working at, a, a memo went out to all the lecturers saying that quite a lot of these students you know, joined university during the pandemic. They've never been to a lecture. Yes. And so bear in mind, they've probably never had to interact with others in a classroom. And my, my instinctive response, I'll be honest, was, well, that's bollocks because they've been to school. Yeah. You know, they've been in a classroom before. They've been in a family engagement. They've probably yeah. been in a pub before. They've been in a room with other people before. They know how yeah. to interact with human beings. It's overkill. Um, and maybe I'm just getting a little bit too too much the other way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when I chatting with these people this week so I was generally expected that I gave people the option I said this all these exercises are completely optional if you find anything uncomfortable don't do it yeah but largely in every case everyone did everything so maybe I'm a little bit too apprehensive about it still I am torn because on one hand I, I do like the optionality and I'm an advocate of optionality yeah but on the other hand, if you're part of a team, and okay, there's an argument that a training course is not a team, all right? We'll come back to that in a minute. But if you're part of a team, then you're buying into doing what the team needs to a degree. Yeah. Yeah? Um, and I can't just be selfish and say I'm not prepared to be a team player because then you're not part. So I'll go, really, I'll go, off, I'll go on a... I'll put myself out there, a risky thing to say, that the people who are saying, I'm not going to go and work in an office, I want the flexibility to work from home, they would never make very good scrum team members. Okay. Because they wouldn't put themselves out there even if they were in the office. Yeah. They don't want to be part of a team, they want to work on their own. That doesn't make them bad people. No. It doesn't make them bad employees. I still think they could be incredibly valuable. But the idea of being in an agile team, where you're collaborating, where people can yeah. rely on you—you you kind of know what you're signing up to, don't you? Yeah. So it's about that self-selection. Am I prepared to be part of a team that requires collaboration to be successful? And agile teams are in an environment where collaboration is essential. You yeah. can't have a team of individuals all doing their own thing. Yeah. And so I think organisations need. So I'm a, I'm, without knowing the details, this organisation is standing firm and saying that we want to be an office based. As long as it's not just for the sake of it, if it, if there's logic behind it, saying this is creative work. Yeah. This requires different skills to come together to create something that no the individuals can't do on their own, and they're standing firm in their belief that in order for that to happen, they need to be in the same place. Power to them. Yeah. Because they would rather than giving into trends and employee power. They, they wouldn't get the right people. Yeah. I Maybe. think it's time for people who know that working from home or working from home most of the time is what they need. They need to stand firm. But I think organizations that know they want an agile team to collaborate, I think they need to stand firm as well. So what you're the Scrum Master and you can see... So, yeah, this training course this week is, for me is a good, good example of this. So you've got 10 people in a room and like you said, a couple of them you can, as a scrum master, you get that hint that they maybe are uncomfortable, but they're, they're going with what the team wants. Yep. 
but you can see you th- you can see what you think that person is uncomfortable. Would you, how would you deal with it? So I would have dealt with it before we got there. Okay. Now <coughs> I will actually answer that question properly, but my instinctive answer is when when I set up my public courses in November, there was a big warning thing on the on the sign up screen. Warning: This is in person. Yes. You will be next to people. Yeah. All right. Um, you will be interacting with them. You will do an exercise with them. You will be talking to them in very close quarters. Do not come if you are uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. You're explicit. Yeah. In the, in the so they signed up knowing that. Okay. Maybe they didn't read it. In the email that, that followed up with the joining instructions, big bold. Yeah. You will. And when we got there, first thing in the morning, if you're not comfortable, go. Yeah. All right. But so I'm not going to do the whole thing. Socialists, you're here. You know that. Right. Manage your own risk. So manage your own risk. Yeah. But you've said you're going to be here, so join in. So I would have covered that beforehand. So the only people that would come were the people that were comfortable with that. But maybe they've had second thoughts. Maybe something's changed yeah. since they signed up. Yeah. And they're less comfortable. I would be regularly checking in. So again, at the start of the day, are we comfortable? I'm going to give it a go. I would be using my spidey sense, I'd be using my emotional intelligence, I'd be checking in, I'd probably be having a little word with them, not in public, yeah. in private, do you th- and I'd give them an out that meant that they wouldn't have to lose face or look silly. Yeah. Um, but if they wanted to, to stay, then they'd need to be comfortable with, with what the conditions are for staying. Yeah. Would be my opinion. It's quite hard to sense that if you're going for a new job or if you're switching teams without... Um, without being able to be in that team for a trial period or whatever, or you might not realise that what you'll get yourself into True. quite quickly. Which is why you have these probation periods, don't you, where you can try each other out. I think most interviews these days have a meet the team type yeah. situation, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and it comes again. It reminds me of those studies about. You know the escape or the escape rooms where you've got a stranger in there. Yeah. That, that sometimes that uncomfortable awkwardness can be a positive thing, mm-hmm. can be a, um, a benefit to everyone. Brings the team down a bit to that level and, and kind of forces them to work harder with that yeah. person or those people. Yeah. Rather than just alienate, alienate them. But I, I found it. I think the other thing with me with this week with the whole going from remoteness to in person was was en- was um, was not energy is the wrong word but just I'd forgotten how much um, how exhausting it is. Really? Yeah. Even after we d- we did courses in November. Yeah. But there was two of us. Yeah. I think that's a big difference. There's um, it is exhausting. So being on your feet, obviously. Um, we've talked about this before but there's, there's more chances at home for you to take a break sit down move around and just give you give my voice a rest I had a sore throat at the end of the yesterday did you? yeah um, so more talking more talking in the, in the lunch breaks and the coffee breaks more um, more being on your feet more movement yeah just just more tired mm. felt more tired I think I've got a bit, um, it's a different kind of fatigue. Interesting. That I'd forgotten about or that, that I'd just come, come out of practice with. So I, I found 
I found it different. I, I found I was less tired. I was about to say more energised, but that might not be technically true. I was less tired at the end of my face-to-face courses. Um, now, if I compare those face-to-face courses to the ones before the pandemic, better again. Yeah. Because of what I've experienced since, you've seen the so other I'm side. I'm more grateful yeah. for the the interaction. Yeah. Um, I've always, always, before the pandemic, I was doing one-to-one coaching over Zoom anyway, and that was never a problem. I actually, in many ways, quite enjoyed the extra quiet that I could have. Yeah. So we rarely got. Um, yeah, so even even in offices, you'd get people accidentally coming into your meeting room or walking past distractions. Yeah. Uh, if you, if it was in a, a cafe, coffee shop, yeah. whatever, there would be other noise. So the only issue that we had was sometimes connection wouldn't be very good. But yeah. generally speaking, it was it was more focused. I found myself yesterday. So I was in a public in a hotel, um, a public space. This was probably another um, part of the exhaustion was I had more things to be aware of. So obviously when you're teaching at home, you only really can control and have responsibility for your own four walls. Yep. But obviously in a hotel situation, yeah. uh, even though some of those things I couldn't control, I was much more mindful of like room temperature. Yeah. And strangely, um, annoyingly, the aircon was broken, so oh. there was no heating. Oh dear! January. Wow. Um, and uh, so I raised it. Scarves and gloves. They brought in radiators, so like plug-in oil radiators, which didn't really help. But again, yeah. so I, I probably felt I apologised. I'm sorry. It's really cold. Yeah, more variables. Um, another thing to worry. About. I'm a worrier, anyways, as you know, Jeff. But um, the food. I don't think the food was great. We had three vegetarians, and there wasn't a vegetarian. The vegetarian option on day one was potato salad. And for me, that's not a vegetarian option. It's a side, isn't it? Exactly. So, again, I think I just... I wanted everything to be... I think it's probably a control thing with me as well, is that at home I can control things to a degree. But when I'm in a public space like that, less so I think it was a private course. When you're going into an office that's owned by a company or that's the company you're going on site, it's less in, in your control as to what's going on. But... I think when I'm, I feel a responsibility in a public hotel space like that, that it will reflect on me. Yeah. And I'm sure. And I said I was honest with people at the end. They're saying I'm sorry about these things, and it will probably have an, a, 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 an impact on your course. So I can teach you an amazing course, but if you've had a bad meal, yeah. you'll remember the bad meal. Yeah. <clears throat> or if you, I could teach you a terrible course, but if the food's great, or if you know, the, the hotel's lovely, you'll remember the hotel. That's what I rely on. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, your environment does does have a huge impact. And I wonder, so there's many people obviously that haven't got a great working environment at home. Yeah. And those people are probably desperate to get back into the office because the office is an environment that they can work in. And I've seen some, I've heard some horrible situations of people that literally sitting on a bed all day working with a laptop on an ironing board and you think yeah. that can't be that can't be positive for people no so those people need to need that office space they need to be back indoors um, in a 
in a shared space. Mm. <sighs> yeah. I'm just a warrior. That's what, that's what I've learned from that. Just a warrior. There's more things to worry about. Yeah. There's, there's always an opportunity. It's a bit cliche, but sometimes recovery from bad customer service can lead to customer loyalty. You think? Well, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a good example now, but there are some. Zappos is often quoted as, as being able to recover from good way of recovering from bad customer experience but in, in that situation so um, I'm, on, I'm on dodgy ground here right but so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm someone on your course I've come along the aircon's not working I'm cold food's not brilliant at the end of it you know you give a genuine heartfelt apology I can, I can see that you know, you're a little yeah. bit disappointed a little bit embarrassed feel bad um, and you know you say oh Here's, here's a gift to make up for it, a token of goodwill, a free book or something. Yeah. Um, you think that, okay, you didn't need to do that, but it's, it's, a, it's a token, it's a gesture, and yeah. you know, that sense of, um, and then maybe following up later on, or doing, going out of your way yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to repair that relationship. And I, you know, I think a lot of customer experience, it can be saved. The effort to repair. I'm sure I can remember a situation. My memory's really failing me now, but there was this, there was a point when I think it was on a I think it was at a, a product conference, and someone was effectively saying, "Insert deliberately insert a small amount of bad customer experience just so that you can repair it." Okay. Because that small letdown and that big recovery okay. gives Pays you off. more goodwill than a flawless, mediocre experience. Right, okay. I can see that. Um, and it fit, to me... It is that, a risky strategy. Oh, yeah. It? And to me, it feels a bit manipulative. Yeah. But, so I don't think I would design in a fail. No, but knowing how you react to it is important. You know, I think that's part of the agile experience, right? You can say to people, be honest with them. We were talking beforehand about um, someone asking you about a, a difficult conversation that they need to have. How are you going to handle it? My instinctive response without knowing the details is be honest. Yeah. You know, tell them. I, I'm a little bit worried about how this is going to go, to be honest. Yeah. Um, here's my worries. Here's my plan for dealing with those worries. But I want you to be aware. I can't guarantee it. So how do you feel about the fact that I can't guarantee it? Yeah. You know, are you coming into this eyes wide open? Yeah, um, it reminds me, so a couple of weeks back I did an um, uh, advanced Scrum Master course online. Yeah. And we did the fear setting exercise, which yeah, we've yeah. done many times before and many people on listening to this may well have done it with us. Um, the basic premises that we stole from Tim Ferriss is that um, instead of setting your goals, you set your fears around a decision that you want to make, but you're fearful of it. And you name your fears and you look for strategies based on how to cope with it and these people on the course all were happy with the idea of reducing that the that fear mitigation strategies yeah but a lot of people struggled in fact every member of, the, of that course struggled with trying to find a way to repair it okay almost like it was a is it, is it defeatist is that the word so I think more, kind of, more fatalistic like assuming that it, it it's irrevocable. You can't. You can't. You know, it's the end. It's you the know? end. Yeah. Fatal. Um, but I think there's very, very 
few things I would say that are actually faithful in that respect. Yeah. Almost anything is recoverable. Sometimes as simple as a hands up, I messed up, I'm sorry, genuinely sorry. How can I make that better? Um, to yeah, and, and I, I can't remember the example that Ferris uses, but I, in my head it's giving a presentation or something like that. And he's yeah. an introvert and hates him. He's worried about messing up. And you can reduce the chances of it by practicing and preparing. But maybe you die on stage, you know, you feel bad. And you say, well, I could book myself a holiday, have a couple of weeks in the sun and cocktails and I'd feel yeah. better. It's a, yeah. it's a way of recovering the situation for himself. That's the difference, isn't it? I think a lot of, maybe that's the thing, we tend to focus on how can we repair what's happened rather than repairing ourselves. Yeah. Because we repair we, the relationship. Yeah, or, or, or the damage has been done. Can't go that, back and redo you, that presentation. Exactly. But, but you've got to try and look at strategies that make, allow you to carry on, allow yeah. you to feel better about it. Yeah. Uh, give yourself another chance. Yeah. You know, you're giving a sales presentation. It's a one-off. Yeah. Okay. And, and it goes wrong. What's, what's stopping you from saying this went wrong yeah. could I have another chance it may say, they might say no right. but it's an option and that possibly that um, and you're more of an expert on this than me the John Cleese open mind closed mind thing yeah. open th- mind thinking you know, you're thinking about how can you open your mind up to possibilities rather than thinking about all the reasons why it's dead what all the things, reasons why it's gone wrong why there's no more chance why it's hopeless uh, suspend disbelief a little bit suspend your cynicism a little bit and think yeah. okay so so what what chances are there yeah um, how could it be a positive thing yeah yeah that's a good point actually the fear setting side of things is a good way of preparing yourself for possible failure without necessarily introducing failure deliberately which yeah. is quite manipulative yeah uh, yeah that's a good idea good example yeah. before we go the biggest understatement of the century there for those of you that didn't catch it Paul said, there's something to be said for holidays. There's a lot to be said for well, holidays. Well, I'll tell you why, because it links back to everything that we've mentioned so far. But, and you mentioned it with Tim Ferriss there, that maybe just going on a holiday is what I need. The number of people that talk about January, talk about being yeah. sad and, 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 and all these things. The number of people that, first, when I've met them, the first thing they say to me is, oh, I need a holiday. Oh. And you said it a minute ago, off, I think it was off, off mic, but you said, just somewhere warm. Yeah. There's something to be said for sunshine, yeah. but there's also something to be said for warmth mm-hmm. and escapism. That idea of I need I need this I need to get away from this from this thing, and it makes me feel better. It doesn't it doesn't have to be something specific. I just need to distance myself from it. Yeah, go on a journey. I am so cold. I've been all cold all <laughs> week, and I am fed up with the cold. Hopefully, when this goes out. It'll be February and it'll be a bit warmer. It'll be like it probably won't two be. degrees warmer. It'll be in maybe. the snow. I expect it'll be snowing. It'll be a snowy one. We'll see. Uh, anyway, um, doing this at the end this time. So we do have some more patrons to give a shout out to. Who have we got, Paul? We have Paul Henman, who's joined us on the supporter tier. Thank you, Cheers, Paul. Paul. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. Cheers. We have Jan von Heinitz. Good name. Uh, who is also a supporter. Cheers, Jan. Cheers, Jan. Uh, we have Chris Tromans, a regular. Good old Chris. Thank you, thank you Chris. Cheers, mate. And we have Lynn Olsen, who's joined our Legends tier. Rejoined, rejoined. Rejoined. Well done, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Cheers to, cheers all to you all, and cheers to all our patrons. Well done. And talking of legends, so hopefully Lynn and, and our other legends will be joining us on Friday, the 18th, so two days' time. 
from when this goes out for our session where we can just chat about this this episode this topic or anything else you're interested in really we'll be there so um, yeah thank you for listening thank you for your support and uh, we'll see you again next month cheers everyone